Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone. For drivers who want to get the most out of their cars, it's Bridgestone or nothing. Dow Automotive Systems. Improving durability and increasing design flexibility with Betamate structural adhesives at DowBetamate.com. And by Hyundai. Experience the 2011 Hyundai Sonata today at HyundaiSonata.com. This is AutoLine Daily for July 22, 2011, and now the news. Well, it's official. Fiat now controls a majority stake in Chrysler. The Italian automaker reached a deal with the Canadian government to buy its stake in Chrysler, and it already did that with the U.S. government. Fiat now holds a 53.5% stake in Chrysler. The rest is owned by the UAW's Retiree Trust Fund. But now CEO Sergio Marchionne can announce the new management structure at Fiat Chrysler, and we're going to get that announcement on Tuesday. It's deja vu all over again. Saab announced that it's postponing production once more. The company blames suppliers taking their summer break as the reason, but according to Wards, Saab has not built any vehicles at its plant in Trollhattan, Sweden since April. Worse still, the company had an eye-popping 295 days supply of vehicles in inventory. The company got a bridge loan last month, and it's still waiting for regulatory approval to get cash infusions from two Chinese companies. But at this point, it's hard to imagine that Saab can turn this around. Renault is on the warpath in Russia, expanding its operations in the country. The linchpin of its strategy is a partnership with AutoVaz, the maker of the affordable and immensely popular Lada brand. Renault paid a billion dollars for a 25% stake in the outfit, which accounted for 45% of Russia's vehicle production last year. Nissan Renault is also gunning for another 25% of the company. Competitors like Ford and Volkswagen are expanding in the country, but Renault's partnership basically makes it untouchable. One analyst at Deutsche Bank said Russia could become a China-like market for the company. Neither Napoleon nor Hitler could conquer Russia, but it looks like Renault just might do it. This next story should involve truth in advertising. Car companies constantly exaggerate how much money they're investing in an assembly plant or in a community. The latest example, Mercedes-Benz which claims it's investing $2 billion in a plant in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Well, let me be the one to assure you, it is not putting nearly that much money into that plant. A totally new plant these days typically costs less than $1 billion. So there's no way that Mercedes would dump $2 billion into an existing facility. The company builds the M-Class, the GL, and C-Class in the plant, so that $2 billion likely includes all the product development costs and all the tooling. And the vast majority of that money was spent in Germany, not Alabama. Look, all the car companies do this, not just Mercedes. They want to make the politicians believe that all those tax credits and all those subsidies that they gave away are really paying off. Uh-oh, Ford could be in some trouble. In an exclusive report, Autoblog interviewed the special vehicle team's chief nameplate engineer about problems with the SVT Raptor pickup. Seems some owners have managed to bend the frames of their trucks 
And that's not supposed to happen, not on an off-road performance machine. The number of Raptors involved is small, maybe 10 trucks, but still, it's not supposed to happen. The pickups affected seem to have been modified, with owners swapping out suspension parts and changing the programs on their engine's computers to remove the speed limiter. These alterations change how the suspensions get loaded and allows them to drive much faster over bumps, but even so, the frames should not be bending. The auto industry is all abuzz about a new book that quotes executives at different car companies trash-talking each other in an especially vulgar way. It quotes Jim Farley from Ford as saying, FGM, I hate them and their company and what they stand for. The book is called Once Upon a Car, The Fall and Resurrection of America's Big Three Automakers, GM, Ford, and Chrysler, and was written by Bill Vlasic from the New York Times. It also goes on to cite nasty words from Dieter Zetcha, Sergio Marchionne, and others. But I say, where's the news? My goodness, do you mean to tell me that car executives swear? That they trash talk the competition? Let me tell you. This is an industry from the shop floor to the executive suites that has always talked like this, going back to the earliest days of the horseless carriage. Hey, why don't we go down to Cuba and see what's going on down there? That is coming up next. For drivers who want to get the most out of their cars, it's Bridgestone or nothing. On AutoLine this week, I've got a documentary running about all the classic cars in Cuba. You know, going down there is like stepping into a time machine and going back about a half a century. Here's a little taste of what the show is all about. Most of these old cars in Cuba have to earn their keep. Their owners use them as taxis and they can be seen lined up waiting for customers on the streets of every major city. Even though they don't charge much for a fare, they don't have many customers. Taxi rides are something of a luxury for most Cubans. Besides, they face plenty of competition. In the smaller cities, people ride in horse-drawn buggies that trot down the street, or they balance precariously on the back of rackety motorcycles. pile into blaring diesel trucks or line up and wait for old Soviet-made buses that trundle down the road. Perhaps the oddest public transportation conveyance in Havana are these converted semis called camel trucks. They get their name because of the way the trailer in back seems to form the two large humps of a camel. Up to 150 people can cram their way into the trailer. They can be incredibly uncomfortable. But with a fare of only two pesos, or about 20 cents, they're one of the best bargains going. And yet, despite the competition from other transportation sources, despite the expense and hassle of keeping the old cars going, the Cubans who own these cars go to great lengths to make sure they keep on running. Due to the American trade embargo, 
it is very difficult for Cuban car owners to get parts directly from the United States. No es muy fácil, no. No es, no es muy fácil. Pero bueno, uno siempre lucha por para traer las cosas más, eh, por ejemplo, el carburador, para traer lo original, como el de él, eh, el deco, el distribuidor, eh, cosas así que se pueden ir trayendo. Porque ya cosas más grandes no se pueden traer. You can watch that entire documentary all about the classic cars in Cuba on our website right now at www.autolinedetroit.tv. Hey, be sure to catch a live episode of Roundabout tonight with special guest Jeff Gilbert of CBS Radio in Detroit. Tune in to find out about an amphibious mini that's ready for your pool party, and you'll learn which eccentric Bugatti owner's name is visible from space. Plus, they'll play Versus, the only game show that makes you defend the cars you hate and attack the cars you love. That's tonight at 6.30 Eastern Time at AutolineDetroit.tv. And that wraps up a week's worth of helping you keep on track of what's happening in the auto industry. Join us again Monday, won't you? We will have more news then. <music>